Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this truly special edition of Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story, and on our podcast, we give a voice to those women whose story is moving, meaningful, and compelling. I am super excited to say today's guest is Diane Schwartz, CEO of world-famous Reagan Communications. Everyone I know knows Reagan Communications, and probably most of the people I don't know know Reagan Communications. Welcome, Diane. Thank you. Glad to be here. So I'm very happy for you. I know this is a, a relatively new uh, gig or role for you, but tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, you know, what you do, how you got to where you are, that sort of thing. Sure. Um, so I joined Reagan Communications a little less than a year ago. I was at Access Intelligence, another B2B media company, for 25 years. So I joined there when I was like three years old. <laughs> um, and so I've been in the publishing business for about three decades. I'm a, a, a recovering journalist. I started my career in journalism, got my degree in journalism from American University. Um, and I've been running Reagan Communications since last May. And I live in Wilton, Connecticut, mother of two. And um, when I have some spare time, I volunteer on some business boards and in my local community. Very nice. Very nice. Um, and folks, her family is beautiful, obviously very important to you. I'll post pictures of, of Diane and her family in the blog that I write. I think it's remarkable that you were at this other place for 25 years and you made the switch. Can you tell us what made you make the switch? Yeah, um, it, it dawned on me <laughs> a few years ago. Wow, I've been here a really long time. And it really wasn't until I came on board Reagan that I realized how much more there was out there um, it was sort of an insular but yeah. very successful career I had at Access Intelligence, but now it's a whole new world, all new people that I'm meeting, that I'm working with, learning so many new things. So um, it was a bit of a, a jolt that I needed, you know, to t take this on. So I'm really excited about what's to come. I think that's super healthy. I think that when we... Um do something that we love and we do it well and we get paid for it we want to stay in that place it just isn't uh it just doesn't come naturally to want to leave that comfortable place but i think it's healthy to gain a new perspective and to to be risk tolerant and try something new and i think that um you're learning new languages and you're learning new people and your um you know life is more colorful for having made the jump um, so thank you for that. And uh, I know Mark Reagan, I followed him for years and I, I'm, I think he's probably super happy in the choice that he made. Um, so I know I am glad to have you here. Well, let me ask you in this. Thank robust, you. Yeah, you've had quite a robust career again, starting at three, you know, prodigy. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> um, tell me since you were three to now that you're 23, um, what uh, has been your proudest professional accomplishment? Well, sort of that, you know, 
piggybacking on what we were just talking about. I mean, taking the leap to run a company is a pretty big leap. Um, you know, you're presented with a lot of opportunities, and many of us are presented with a lot of opportunities to go different different directions. And the idea of leading a company and those employees that are now part of my business family and all of their families that I, I, I feel a certain responsibility to, I feel like so far so good. I take that very seriously. And right now that I would say that's what I'm proudest of is taking that leap. I also had really loved for many years shifting gears and I oversaw many different markets in my last job and didn't really have, I never had a hundred percent opportunity to focus on one market, to focus on one thing. And now I'm, my Reagan communications is in one market right now, which is the communications market, those who are in a communications role within their organization. And to be able to focus in one area has been amazing for me and very clarifying. Yeah, I was just going to use that word. I was going to say narrowing your focus can be clarifying for you and and forces you actually, I think this is my own opinion, but it would force me to be my highest and best self and to do my best work because I can focus on that one thing and become all knowing in that one area and, you know, help others in that one area. So I, I, I totally get that. That makes perfect sense. Um, well, who in, in your yeah. career or along the way, maybe even personally, uh, either way or both, who has been a mentor to you? Yeah, well, on the work side of things are the longtime CEO of Access Intelligence, where I formerly worked for a couple decades. His name is Don Pazor. He is still the CEO there. And he was very much a mentor to me for so many years. He's a people person and he's a product person. And he always put people first, the employees, the customers, always about the people. So he taught me a lot about leading, a lot about listening, and a lot about leaning on others for help. So I would consider him, from a professional standpoint, quite a mentor and inspiration. Also, on the personal side, an inspiration for me has always been my mother. She, it sounds so, so much, you know, like everybody says that, and maybe there's a reason. Um, but she passed away about seven years ago, and she inspired me in so many ways. And I was thinking about this and narrowing it down to, you know, what, what was like the core of why she was so inspiring to me. And it was because she always smiled through it. My whole childhood and early adulthood, I always noticed my mother smiling regardless of the hurdles and disappointments. And in her final years when she was very ill, she still smiled more than she cried. She still smiled more than she complained. She always defaulted to a smile. And the other day I was with a group of female executives and one woman was talking about the resting bitch face. Have you heard that <laughs> phrase? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then one woman started piling on this conversation. And another woman was saying somebody told her she has resting bitch voice. 
and ah. and it really bothered her. And I got think you know these are the lies we tell ourselves, yes. you know, sort of the head trash, if you will. And then I got thinking about my mother and just you know smiling through it. Yeah. You know, let it, that's on them. You know, that person calling some, you know, telling somebody they have a resting bitch face or you know, not being um, nice toward other people. You know, you just need to smile through it. I think it does something to your brain and your whole physiology if you can learn to do that. It does. I love that you said that. So I'm going to use that phrase if you give me permission. I'm going to say smile through it because when you're positive, it does release dopamine and it makes other people uh, remember you for all the right reasons. And it shows your mom had uh, grit and grace. Uh, able to take, yeah. you know, we can't always control what happens in our lives, but we can certainly uh, do our best to um, react in a positive, meaningful manner. Um, I think that when you react negatively, it only makes things worse. There's no situation where reacting negatively will help you or the situation. So if you can make a change at all, better to smile through it. So I love that phrase. Thank you for sharing that. Um, that's really ugly. I, I I get a lot of that um, we talk a lot about mean girls on my show because of what mm -hmm. I do basically. And I get a lot of examples of mean girls and, and that that's really ugly. There's something insecure about the woman who said that to someone else. Um, if she actually said, you know, the fact that she actually said that to someone else reflects poorly on her, not the other person, um, makes me so uh, frustrated because when you hurt <laughs> one woman, you hurt all of us, you know, just like helping one woman helps all of us. Um, I, I just want to reach out to that person and say, who has hurt you? <laughs> Why are you this way? Um, you know, yeah. so that's a great, uh, thanks for sharing about your former CEO boss and now, and also about your mom. Let me ask you, I'm sure he's proud of you. Are you still in touch with Don? We um, occasionally keep in touch and we see each other at industry events and, you know, through social media. So, yeah, definitely. Nice. Very nice. Well, in my space, my whole model is about lifting as we ourselves rise and about helping create equity in the workplace, not creating a problem on the opposite end of the spectrum. I'm not saying we can complain about where men have placed women and then expect us to do the same to them and that be okay. It's not, I'm looking for parity. So in your way, can you share with us maybe, you know, small or big day to day, whatever you choose ways that we can support other women in business? Sure. Well, I agree. I mean, we need to prop each other up. I, I was thinking, you know, we need to, do that in front of other women, but we also need to, to say nice things behind their backs, yes. you know, when they're not around. And, you know, we, we should also find young women to mentor and not just wait to be asked to mentor someone or, or enter some formal mentoring program. And then maybe that, that invitation will never come. Just do it, you know, reach out to people and we can learn I learn every day in my organization at Reagan from women of all ages. They're mentoring me, you know, even at this point in my career. So I think it's not just more, you know, the, the executives mentoring the millennials or the Gen Z, you know, it's, it's every, all women helping each other 
That being said, I, I also think we need to support men, or yeah. at least the men that are supporting us and that are being helpful along our careers. We shouldn't choose sides. You know, we I should agree. support those in the workplace who need the extra boost, whether it's male or female, and it will reflect well on us, you know, us women. Yeah. And I think it'll really help move things along. So the no division, you know, just right. everybody right. should just be supportive. I, I, I know feel, it sounds like kumbaya. <laughs> I'm okay but, with that. Um, I'm out in San Francisco. We love that stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm all about, um, you know, giving shout outs to, I even have guests on my show who are allies in our battle for equity in the workplace. So I'm all about having men and women at the table um, and giving a voice to both. I think we need that. We can't pretend it's okay to ostracize men after complaining for years that men ostracized us, you know, so how does that make it right? I don't know. So let me ask you this. It yeah. hasn't always been easy. I know you've been working since you were three and you know, life is tough. <laughs> Sometimes we have challenges or setbacks. <laughs> how did you overcome a challenge or a setback in your life? I certainly had my share of challenges and one of the things that was very formative for me, about 25 years ago, I was living for a year in Australia in the outback. My husband's a cultural anthropologist and he was doing field work with an Aboriginal tribe. And so I went along for the ride. I did some travel writing while I was there, but mostly I spent time by his side. Um, and in this culture that we were in, in Australia and Aboriginal Australia, I had no voice. I don't mean that figuratively. I mean, I, I, I could have been speaking and nobody was listening to me because of my gender. Yeah. And I, res I, I certainly respected the culture I was living in temporarily. And I learned how to be quiet, how to shut up. Um, but at the same time, I realized what the risk is to losing your voice. And that experience really helped me find my voice and really made me resolute in wanting to have a voice in my career and wanting to be able to speak up and, and have people listen and me listen to other people as well. So that was a very challenging year in that respect. I'm so glad it happened though. It's super fascinating. I don't know how I could do it. I mean, I know I could. I have fortitude and I'm open to learning new things and ways of learning and ways of doing things. But gosh, that sounds tough. Um, I, I'll say something you said that's super powerful is you said you also learned to listen to others. And I think that some of the greatest communication comes from powerful questions and then third level listening actually uh it's kind of like the reason i do what i do um for giving these podcasts is um i like to ask the questions and listen and have other people really get to know you you the person not just your title or job description or you know the company about page but you the woman so um i love that the power of you know being quiet staying silent all the lessons learned in the silence uh, super duper powerful yeah. Well, what um, I was going to ask you to tell us a surprising fact about you, but I mean, living among the Aborigines is pretty surprising. Um, do you, can you hit me with <laughs> another surprising fact about you? 
Well, this may not be surprising, but I take a little bit of pride in this, um, even though it's annoying to some people. Um, I'm an obsessive compulsive editor. Oh, and nice. So my, maybe it's my background in writing and editing from the early years. And even now I do a lot of writing. But from an editing standpoint, I edit menus, I edit wine bottles in my head, of course, you know, street signs, you know, I can't help myself. And recently I, I was checking into a, I was checking into a hotel and one of the signs in their lobby, in this hotel's lobby, there was a misspelling on it. It was very obvious, at least to me. Um, so I as I was checking about. in, I, <laughs> as I was checking in, I said, to the the nice woman at the desk, just FYI, you know, that sign has, you know, the experience is spelled wrong. And she's like, what? So she seemed to really care. She walked over to the sign, looked at it. The manager was there. So um, they, they looked at me and they said, you know what? We're giving you an upgrade. So they upgraded me to a suite wow. um, for my hotel stay. So I guess, the moral of that is good grammar has its benefits. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love it. But so yeah, I, I can't, can't help myself. Always editing. I, ha I think that's beautiful. First of all, I have a special place in my head for grammar. I am all about it. It drives me nuts when I hear poor grammar or see poor grammar in writing. I heard a commercial yesterday and the message was powerful but ruined by the fact that it ended with um and i make three times no and she makes three times less money than me it was a commercial on <laughs> and i was like it's less money than i make do the test than i make <laughs> it's than i yeah kills me i'm like do the test do the test the subjective and objective that always gets me but i will admit i have a huge flaw in that i never learned how to type and I think fast. I'm very obco. Like you mentioned, obsessive compulsive. I have those tendencies as well. I write lists. I knock them out. I can't sleep until it's done. If something's on my mind, I keep a notepad next to the bed. I have to write it down and get it done. So at least dump it out of my head. So for me, I'll tell you my um, two, two of my probably many flaws would be lack of patience. So I need to slow down and read out loud what I've written, not because of poor grammar, never is it poor grammar, but I am the typo queen. I'll, I'll um, transpose letters or, uh, you know, so, so for me, I always joke and warn people, I need, I need an editor. I need someone to look this over carefully because um, <laughs> if it doesn't have a typo in it, you can rest assured it did not come from me. <laughs> So I love well, that. you know, it's never too late to take a typing class. Oh, I think it's too well, late. it might be too late. They probably it's don't exist late. anymore. But exactly, exactly. Um, <laughs> it's not about even even uh, you know. It, it, you, I need to slow down and look. At, I mean, gosh, everything has spell check. You know, if I if I transpose letters, I mean, spell check would catch that. Um, but things. That's true. You know, I know what my brain wants to say and it's faster than my fingers or, you know, so no excuses. I know it's my flaw. So, <laughs> let me ask you this. If people want to know more about you, how can they reach you? 
Well, they, I can give you my street address and they can just come right over. <laughs> Might hear my dog barking, but well, they're welcome to our house now. I can, people can reach me via email at dianes at reagan.com or follow me on Twitter at Diane Schwartz and you know, we are on LinkedIn. Awesome. I love to connect with your audience. That would be great. Well, I'll put your, um, all of your contact information that you just shared with us, including your LinkedIn profile link in the blog that I write. So this has been fun. You're Thank a you. fascinating woman. You are super successful and that's all well-deserved. And I'm so glad to have connected with you. Likewise. Thank you for having me and have a, have a great day. You too. Smile through it, folks. <laughs>